About five lines from the bottom of Samachdalar Amad Beis. Rav Yehuda said in the name of Rav, very, very important and fundamental statement that's Negea to Hilcha Shabbos and many, many other cases where Chachamim make their Gzaitis that you have to keep because of Marisayin, but even if it's only because of Marisayin, because onlookers will see something, but the Gzaita applies even in private. Any case where Chachamim said that something is forbidden because of the reason of Marisayin, even if you're in an inner chamber and there's nobody there that sees, it's still forbidden. And the reason for this is because once Chachamim make a gzeda, so it becomes established as an iser, and although the reason is because of onlookers, but nevertheless that gzeda applies in all cases. The Rebbe talks about this concept in many places regarding the Surim of Chazal, that when Chazal make a gzeda, it becomes established as exactly even when the reason doesn't apply. I mentioned this already before. The uh, common example that the Rebbe would bring is the Gemara and Sukkah that says that if you're using for schach logs of wood that are too thick, although the whole Gzeda is that it looks like a roof, but nevertheless, it's never allowed to be used because Chazal considered it to be like Shpudnishal Barza, like metal rods which are totally possible for Sukkah. Same thing over here, Chachamim made exeda for the reason of Marisayin. So a person shouldn't say that this is only if he's in public, but in private when that concern doesn't apply, the exeda doesn't apply. The exeda applies in all times. There are other Yishayim that do say that the reason is because you never know who could make his way into your place where you are privately. So the concern of Marisayin theoretically is still there. But as I mentioned, the, the pshat over here according to most Yishayim is because once Chachamim made exeda, it applies in any case. We learned before the Mishnah, You should not go out with an animal that has a bell tied to it. Even if the, ba- the, if the bell is stuffed up and it's not making a noise, you're not allowed to go out with it on Shabbos. And the reason is because of Marisayin. It seems like the person is taking out his animal to the marketplace. Now we learned in a different b'raise, You can stuff up the bell that it doesn't make a noise. And you are allowed to go out with this animal in your own courtyard. So here we see that although if you're going out into the street, into the Rishus Rabim and there's Marisayin, it's not allowed. But if you remain in your own courtyard, it is allowed. Not like what Rav said. And for the Gemara, Tanoihi. This is a Machloikis Tanoim. Tanya, since we learned in Abraise, Shaitchan Bechamo, this is talking of a case where a person has his clothing that became wet and he wants to hang it to dry. So he's allowed to hang it in the sun to dry. But not in a place which is facing the public and people will think that he washed his clothing on Shabbos and he's hanging it out to dry. Rabbi and Rab Shimon say that even to, hide, to hang, that is, your clothing privately, where nobody sees, it's still forbidden because the statement that Rav said that whatever is forbidden to do publicly is also forbidden to do privately. So here we see a clear case <coughs> where there's a machleikis tanayim about this subject. Said of the Mishnah not to go out with a moich, with a, some kind of a material that you put in the air for any pus or whatever other um, liquid that might be in the air that you want it to should absorb. Rami Bayecheskel taught 
This is only allowed, for example, in today's day and age, a cotton ball in the ear. So it's a problem because it's only allowed if it's tied to the ear. So there's no concern that it'll fall out or she'll carry it. And to put also a piece of cotton or some other material to make the shoes comfortable. Tony Rami Bayecheskel, so here as well, he says, It's only allowed if it's tied to the shoe. And also a piece of material that Anida uses to absorb blood. So Rami Bachama thought to say that the same applies here. That this is only allowed if she ties it to her thighs. So Rave said to this about this. That it's allowed even if it's not tied to her thighs. Kivin de Moes le Osila Suya. Since it's something which is repulsive, she's not going to take it out, she's not going to reveal it. Even the Rishos Rabbim on Shabbos. So it's allowed. Boy, Mene Rabbi Yirmi Yemer Ababa. Rabbi Yirmi asked a question from Rabbaba. Ossesola Besiad Mahum. What's going to be the halach in a case where she makes a handle to this piece of cloth that's. that's um, sorry about that. If she makes a handle to this piece of cloth, what's going to be the halach? Omalei Mutter. In that case, it'll be allowed. Still allowed. Just like in a case where it's repulsive, in any case, by a nidot, something which is repulsive and she won't take it out. Even when it has a handle, it's also considered to be repulsive and she won't take it out. It manami He also said that even if it has a handle, for her to be able to take out, when not choshish, she's going to take it out in the Rishus now, the Gemara shares a story with Rab, of Rabbi Yechenen. Rabbi Yechenen, nafik bohu lebei medrasha. Rabbi Yechenen went out with something in his ears to absorb. Rashi says Rabbi Yechenen was older and he, need to ha- he needed to have something in his ears to absorb the, the liquid that was there in his ears. And he went out with it on Shabbos to Bismedrash. The Chalukin all of Chaveirov. But as Chaveirim disagreed with what he did, Rabbi Yanai, nafik bohu lekarmelis. Rabbi Yanai went out with something in his ears into the Carmelis, and in the point over here is, and both in the case of Rabbi Yana and Rabbi Yechenin, it was not tied to the ears. And they argued with him, and the people in this generation disagreed with him. But Rami Bayecheskel taught, that this is only allowed if it's tied to the ears, and they did not tie it to their ears, so how are they allowed to go out this way? Answers the Gemara, loy This is not a question. Ha de mahadik, ha de loy mahadik. There is a difference if if it's tight, if it's if you put it into the ears, even if it's not tight. Again, if you put it into the ears, and if it's not tight, then it has to be tied to your ears. But if it's placed into your ears and it is tight, so then it's not an issue. Okay. So there's a so what we have over here is when you're wearing these things in the ears. So if it's something which is tight, so then it doesn't matter. If it's not tight, then we make the distinction whether it's tied to the ear or not. That's uh, the conclusion of the Gemara here. Rashi, however, brings a second shot for this, that when it says here Mahadik, Mahadik means that they were close to each other, meaning the place where Rabbi Yechelen lived and the shul that he was going to on Shabbos did not pass through at Rosh And therefore, he went with it from his house directly to the shul, even without it being tied to his ears. But if you go out into the Rishosarabim, then what Rami Bayecheskel applies, that it has to be tied to the ears. Zakta Gemara Vaiter, Bepilpil, Obagalgal, Melach. 
a peppercorn or a, a piece of salt in your mouth is allowed. Pilpil, what's the purpose? Lereachape, to remove the bad odor in the mouth. Galgal melach, piece of salt in the mouth. Lidoshaini, for the pain that there could be in the teeth. Or any other things that a woman places in her mouth for therapeutic reasons. So on Shabbos, it's not considered that you're carrying a burden and it's allowed. What's an example for this? Ginger, or cinnamon. Another thing we learned in the Mishnah, false teeth, gold teeth, Rebbe that is, Matir, Rebbe says it's allowed, and Chachamim say it's not allowed. Omer Rab Zayde, explained, When did we learn this machlekes between Rabbi and the Chachamim? Only regarding the case of gold teeth. So over here, although it's sort of embarrassing to, her, to show that she has false teeth, but the fact that she has such expensive gold teeth, she might come to show it, and therefore, Rabbi says it's allowed, she's embarrassed, but Chachamim say, no, she might come to show it. Avu B'Shal Kesef, but if it's silver teeth, so it's not something that's that valuable. Everybody agrees she can go out with it. She's not going to come to show it to anybody. We learned the same in Rabbi If it's silver, false silver teeth. Everybody says that it's allowed to go out with it on Shabbos. She's not going to come to show it to anybody. But if it's gold teeth, Rabbi says she still won't show it because she's embarrassed. However, say that if it's gold, she may come to show it off. Omar Abaye. <coughs> so now in connection to this, Abaye said, Rabbi, Rabbi Yezer, Rabbi Shimon ben Aloza, Kulus Viruluhu, they all hold one concept, Anything that she's embarrassed with, we're not chayshish, that she's going to come to show it to others. Rabbi Hodamaron, Rabbi is what we just said, that when she has the teeth in her mouth, even though they're gold teeth, but because she's embarrassed with the false teeth, she's not going to come to show it to anybody. Rabbi Yezer, where do we see if it's something she's embarrassed, we're not chayshish that she's going to show anybody. The Tanya, since we learned in Abraise, Rabbi Yezer says that you're allowed to go out with a spice bundle or with a flask of balsam, balsam oil. We learned this before. And the reason is because she's only carrying these things with her for bad odor. So we're not afraid that she's going to come to show it to others. She's embarrassed. We also had this before, if a woman wears a head covering below her hat to cover her hair, she can go out with it on Shabbos because she's not going to come to take it off. She's embarrassed to uncover her hair. If it's something above her hat, she's not allowed to go out with it on Shabbos. She might take it off in Rishos Harabim. So these are all the Tanoim that say that anything that's an embarrassment, she's not going to show it to anybody. She's allowed to go out with it in the Rishos HaRabim on Shabbos. Zok the Mishnah. She's allowed to go out with a Sela, a coin that she places on a Tzinis, which the Gemara will explain is a blister on the sole of the foot. Habonais Ketanais, the young girls, that their ears were pierced, but they're not yet wearing uh, earrings, jewelry, so they would place these... Um, <clears throat> they would place uh, material in their ear. They can go out with strings that are placed into the holes of their ear to keep it open. Or or even with a splinter that's placed in the, in the ears. In the ears. Women that are living in, in Arab countries. 
are allowed to go out with head coverings completely covering their face besides the eyes the way it's uh, customary for the Arab women to walk and the, the Jewish women also if they are if it's their custom to walk out their way this is considered to be a garment on Shabbos and they can walk out this way and the women that are living in Madai which is part of Persia they can go out which means they had a unique way of attaching the two sides of their garments they did not have like the regular buttons or hooks on their garments, rather they had straps on one side of the garment and on the other side of the garment they placed either a, a stone or a knot or something and then they took the strap and tied it around the stone or the knot to connect the two sides of the garment. So that's not considered to be carrying a stone or a, or a knot because it's being used to attach the garment and that's the way it's done there. Now the Mishnah says, Really? Not only the women in Arabia or the women that are in, in Persia can do this? Anybody can go out this way, it's considered to be a garment. The Chachamim are giving the examples of where it was common in, in Arab countries or in Persia that they wore it this way, but really it's considered to be a garment anywhere if this is the way you wear it. Then the Mishnah says, If she has a garment, she's wearing a cloak and she wants to close it and she doesn't have any buttons or hooks to close it, she's allowed to on Shabbos attach a strap and attach a stone to be able to close it on Shabbos. Whether it's a stone, whether it's a knot, or whether it's a coin that she's attaching. Now the Mishnah says, But she shouldn't make this strap and the coin or the knot or the stone to connect them on Shabbos. Now, it seems to be a, a contradiction here because the Mishnah just said, which is mashma lichat chile, she can place that strap and the coin or the stone or the knot there. And then right afterwards the Mishnah says, that she should not do lichat chile on Shabbos. So the Gemara will discuss this. Now, Zakta Gemara, my tzinis, what does it mean when it says in the Mishnah that she's placing a coin on a tzinis? And for the Gemara, bas ara, this refers to a blister that's on the sole of the foot. Now, the Gemara wants to understand why exactly is a coin being used for this purpose. What's unique about a coin? If you're going to say the reason is anything that's hard, that protects it, is good for it. So you don't have to have a coin for that. You could have a broken piece of earthenware to cover it that's hard, that protects it. Rather, what's the reason, Mishum? Because the coin is also has moisture to it. And just hard is not enough, it has to be moist. So the Gemara asked, but level a tassa. If so, put a piece of silver, a hard piece of silver that also has moisture to it and it'll be fine. Why do you need this coin? Elad says the Gemara, rather the reason is Mishum Tsurasa, is the reason because the coin has a form on it and they believe then that a form also is effective for the healing of it. So you can make this form on some other material, it doesn't have to be a coin. So Abaye responds and explains, all of the above is what you have in the coin, that it's hard, it has moisture, and it has a tsura on it, and therefore the coin was used for this, because it's not just a covering, but it's also a healing for it, and therefore it's allowed to go out with it on Shabbos. The next thing it said in the Mishnah, The young girls go out with strings that are placed into their, in the ears that were pierced. The father of Shmuel, he did not allow his daughters to go out with these chutan in their ears. Now the Gemara says there's another two things that he did not allow his daughters to do. He also didn't allow them to sleep together in the same bed. 
And the third thing, He would make for them mikvois in the time of Nisan. In other words, in those times there was the river that they would go to, to the mikveh. But in the month of Nisan, he wouldn't allow them to go to the river to the mikveh. He would build for them a mikveh that they can go to privately. In the month of Tishrei, he allowed them to go to the river, but Mafzi. So there's two Pshatim and Mafzi. Rashi says he would place a mat on the ground so their feet shouldn't go into the sand and it'll be a chatzitza for the tvila. Taisvis says Mafzi means he would take mats and he would stand them up around that area to make a separation so that people shouldn't see them. Because if, they, if, if not, so then besides the fact that it's not sneers, but we're concerned that they wouldn't table properly because they're embarrassed of people that they are exposed to. So this is the three things that Shmuel did not allow or made special that he did for his daughters. So the Gemara starts with the first thing. So, <clears throat> he did not allow them to go out with these strings in their ears. But we learned here in our Mishnah, that you could, they are allowed to go out on Shabbos with these strings in their ears. Answers the Gemara, the, they, the strings that they had was a decorated string, it was colorful and therefore it wasn't just a string to keep the, 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 ear, the pierced ear, the, the, the hole open, but it had decoration to it and therefore they can take it out to show it to others and therefore it's not allowed on Shabbos. The next thing we learned was Ginean, that again, He did not allow his, his, the, the girls to sleep with one another. What's the reason for this? Shall we say that this is a Rayet, what Rav Hune said, the Omer Rav Hune, Noshim zu bizu, women that sleep together and rub up on one another. And they're, they're having a relationship with one another in the same bed. Psulois lekohona. They're going to be possible to marry kohona. Now there's a machlaikis here between Rashi and Taisvis. Rashi says they're going to be possible to marry a kohen gadol. A kohen gadol is only married, supposed to marry, that is, a psula. And in such a case, although Lechayr is still a Basula, but still she's not considered to be a Basula Shleimara, she says. And therefore, Rav Huna says, the Chachamim said that she should not marry a Kayan Gadol. Taisu says this actually even applies to any Kayan which is not allowed to marry a Zaina, and they consider it to be a Zaina, she's not allowed to marry a Kayan. So is this the reason why Avuah de Shmuel did not allow, uh, did not allow his daughters to, to sleep together? So the Gemara says, no, it not necessarily is that the reason. Okay, rather, like Savar, he held He did not want his daughters to be accustomed to sleeping with another body, and then this may bring them to the desire to sleep with a man that they're not allowed to. The third thing it was, uh, he said was that uh, he did for his daughters. He made for them a mikveh to go to a nisan that they shouldn't go to the river. So now, what was the reason for this? Why specifically in the month of Nisan that then he made this mikveh for them? This would be a proof to what Rav said. From the rain that there is in Marava, which refers to the west in Eretz Yisrael, Sadarabe, a great witness for the rain of Eretz Yisrael, is Pras is the Euphrates River that overflows from all the snow that's melting in the end of the winter and therefore then in the, uh, in the month of Nisan there's a lot of overflow from this rain, from the snow that enters into the Euphrates River and therefore it's a Sahad Arabe. It's a great witness for the snow and rain that is in Eretz Yisrael. 
So now, what's the connection to mikveh? So before I learn the Gemara inside, the Rashi here brings the, the Halacha B'negeh to mikveh, there are two different kinds of mikvahs. There's a Mayan, there's when you table in a wellspring, the source of the water comes from under the ground, and then there's the waters of a mikveh that comes from rainwater. When, when you're tabling in a mikveh, that comes from this, the wellspring under the ground, over there the halacha is, even if the water is rushing, it's zeichel and it's moving from one place to another, it's a kasher mikveh. When it comes to a mikveh that's rainwater, it has to be ashbayr, it has to be settled in one place. If you have a mikveh that's from rain, rainwater and there's a leak in the mikveh, there's a big problem, it has to be in one place. So over here, when it comes to the mikveh, that they're tavling in, which is the Euphrates River, what kind of a water are they tavling in, in the river? So, usually during the months of the year, the Euphrates River gets most of its water from well water that comes from under the ground. So even if the water is rushing, it's zeichalin, it doesn't matter, it's a kosher mikveh. But in the month of Nisan, when you have the rainwaters and the snow that comes from Eretz Yisrael into the Euphrates River, here it's a problem. You're tabling in, in, the, in the rainwater and not in the water that comes from underground. And therefore, if it's rushing, if the water is not in one place, it's not a kosher mikveh. Now let's see the Gemara inside. Savar, his opinion was, the rainwater should not be more than the zeichelen, than the water that's flowing in the river that came from underground. So therefore, in the month of Nisan, when all the rain and the snow from Eretz Yisrael melts and comes into the river, they're going to be tabling in rainwater that's flowing and not in the, the, the river that comes from the well water that's flowing. This is Avur the Shmuel's opinion. Now the Gemara says the Gemara, Oplige Shmuel. However, he argues on what Shmuel said. Shmuel, Shmuel said, Nara mekipe mivrech. A river gets the, the blessing of its water that, that increases from below the ground, from its source below the ground. That's where the, the water comes up more. Now, Tasis over here points out, but don't we clearly see that the water that's uh, being added to the, to the river is coming from the rain, from the snow that's coming from uh, Eretz Yisrael? What is this, an argument with Metzius over here? We see clearly that it's coming from Eretz Yisrael. So Tasis says that the Gemara says in another place that any time when it rains, so whatever that comes from above, the water also from below comes out from its source. Whatever One drop of above, there's really two drops that are coming from below, and therefore, true, we see that there's a lot of water that comes from the melted snow, but there's even more that it's being blessed from its source below the ground. And therefore, when they're tiveling in this, they're really tiveling in something which is primarily well water from under the ground, and not rainwater, so it's not a problem, even in the month of Nissan. However, now the Gemara says that it seems like Shmuel himself retracted what he said. Shmuel then said something else which seems to be arguing on what he himself said. Because Shmuel said, The water in the river is not going to be a good mikveh when it's flowing. Only the Euphrates River in the month of Tishri, after the entire summer, when there's no rainwater that was flowing into the river, so now we're sure that it's primarily well water that's allowed to be zeichelim, which is allowed to be flowing and rushing. Otherwise, like in the month of Nisan, it wouldn't be allowed because you have the rainwater that flows into the river. So we see here that Shmuel is saying the same thing that his father said, that in the month of Nisan he did not want them using the river, and he made them a separate mikveh. Going back to the Mishnah, what did it say in the Mishnah? So the Mishnah says, on Shabbos you're allowed to prepare this 
connect this to attach the two sides of your garment and place a strap on one side of your garment and either a, a stone or a knot or, or something else on the other side and connect them together. So in the beginning it says, you're allowed. And right after that, what does it say in the Mishnah? That she's not allowed. Right? The Lashon of the Mishnah was, She should not make this um, uh, connection. She shouldn't put the strap there and the stone there on Shabbos. So, didn't you just say it's allowed to be made on Shabbos? So, why is the Mishnah saying that you're not allowed? In the Sefer, when it says that you're not allowed, that's only if you're making the attachment with a coin. A coin, which is muksa, that you're not allowed to make on Shabbos. Once it's there, it's placed on the garment from before Shabbos, so it's not muksa. It's part of the garment. But to take a coin and do it on Shabbos, it's muksa. That's the only thing that the Mishnah was saying is not forbidden. But if you're making the strap and the, uh, the attachment on Shabbos with a knot or with a stone, it's okay. So, to Gemara a woman wants to sort of make a trick. She wants to take out a knot for her child to be used on Shabbos. And you're not allowed to carry it on Shabbos. So she'll use it in her garment to strap an attachment to the knot. She'll place the knot into her garment and then she'll use it as a strap. And like this, she'll be able to walk out with it on Shabbos. Is she allowed to make this attachment with a knot? To carry it out with her child on Shabbos. So the Gemara here is going to bring a, another source of an argument to resolve this question from a case where there's a fire. And the question over there is, is a person allowed to take garments that he has in the house that he wants to save and go out with it on Shabbos and put, put on all these garments and wear many, many layers of garments to walk out with it on Shabbos. So over there, there's an argument about this, whether you're allowed to do this or not. So the Gemara explains, to our question over here regarding going out with this nut just for the purpose to use it for a child. So this is a question, Lamanda Omar, so the Bachir adds into the Gemara, Ma'arimen bidleiko, a person that's making this trick regarding a fire, that he's putting on many layers of garments in order to save them from a fire. So there's one Mandama that says that that's allowed. And then there's also another Mandama, Lamanda Omar, that says, that by a fire, you're only allowed to take out what you have to wear, but you're not allowed to put on extra layers to save them from the fire. So we see there a similar concept. Is a person allowed to make this trick that he's wearing it, but really he doesn't need it at all, he's just to save it from the fire. So we have a similar question here regarding placing the knot in the garment, and she doesn't really need it to make that attachment, but she's just doing it to take it out for her child. So the Gemara explains, according to either opinion that we find regarding the putting on the garments by a fire, we have the question here. Why is that? Hasam, we can make the following distinction. Over there in the case of the fire, who the Eloi Shadis, over there we say, if you're not going to allow this person to put on many layers to take out his garments, Eloi Shadis slave, you're not going to allow him, Asil Chabuye, he might come to extinguish the fire. Gemara many times says regarding a fire, a person is very, very disturbed by what happens to his possessions when a fire is burning. So if you're not going to allow him certain things, he's going to come to put out his fire. But that doesn't apply here. In our case, if you're not going to allow a woman to take out a nut for her child, it's not such an extreme situation. She's not going to take it out. So there, she won't take it out. So therefore, we're not going to allow her to make this trick to put it in her garment when she doesn't really need it. Or perhaps we can say, 
the other way around. Even according to the opinion that says, with a fire that you're not allowed to make the trick to take it out, over there there's a reason to be more stringent. When she's walking out and she's wearing these garments, it's the derech to wear it this way. And therefore we're afraid she might come to carry it this way in Shabbos. In the regular derech of carrying, to be mamish over the isr of carrying on Shabbos. Over here, placing a knot into a garment is not the derech to take something out on Shabbos. So therefore, I would say over here, the gzeda doesn't apply. Teiku, they did not resolve this question regarding taking out a knot on Shabbos in this way. That's the conclusion for the Gemara of today. A great day, everybody. Atzlacha Rabbah.